I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. How about a history lesson? You ready for that? We haven't had one here on the program in a while. And you know how I am a sucker for history. The Insurrection Act of 1807. Have you heard of that? The Insurrection Act of 1807. That's the one that empowers the President of the United States to deploy military and federalized National Guard troops within the United States under certain circumstances such as civil disorder, insurrection, and rebellion. Those are huge words. Those are, the, the, this act is massive. The authority it grants the President of the United States is staggering. Let me repeat. The Insurrection Act of 1807 allows the President of the United States to deploy military and federalized National Guard troops within the United States in circumstances such as civil disorder, insurrection, and rebellion. I'm certain you've heard of this Insurrection Act over the past few days, especially after some comments made by President Trump just yesterday, which I'll share with you in a moment, but let's keep looking backwards. The last time the Insurrection Act was invoked was in 1992, during the Los Angeles riots. The area affected was Los Angeles County. George Herbert Walker Bush invoked the Insurrection Act. And it was done after the state of California had requested the invocation of the act and the use of the power. George Herbert Walker Bush had also, on another occasion, just three years earlier, in September of 89, uh, invoked the Insurrection Act on the U.S. Virgin Islands. It was a hurricane which had given way to looting in an effort to suppress that looting uh, and after a request from the leader of the Virgin Islands, uh, George Herbert Walker Bush used his authority uh, given to him, granted to him in the Insurrection Act to stop the looting. I can go back to the 60s, to the 50s to find a number of instances where this Insurrection Act was used, but very, very limited. Fewer than 20. Fewer than 20. And the overwhelming majority came after states had requested the president to do so. In fact, in almost every instance during the 1900s, the only exception to that rule, that rule being 
that the invocation of this Insurrection Act by the President was following a call from a state request. The only exception to that was during the late 50s and early 60s, and on three occasions, twice by JFK and once by Dwight Delano Eisenhower, the states did not request, and the act was invoked. Those three occasions were in an effort to enforce civil rights and to protect minorities, to enforce desegregation. And President Trump just yesterday was talking along the lines of someone thinking about invoking the Insurrection Act. President of law and order and an ally of all peaceful protesters. These are not acts of peaceful protest. These are acts of domestic terror, the destruction of innocent life and the spilling of innocent blood is an offense to humanity and a crime against God. America needs creation, not destruction. Cooperation, not contempt. Security, not anarchy. Healing, not hatred. Justice, not chaos. This is our mission, and we will succeed. 100%, we will succeed. These are excerpts from remarks delivered by President Trump just yesterday where he was addressing these protests, specifically the ones that have turned violent and specifically the ones occurring in states where governors, as he claims, have been weak and have held back on their authority to activate the National Guard. Now, the National Guard here in the state of Utah was activated. We learned that some 200 National Guardsmen were activated just on Saturday. We spoke to one of them yesterday. President Trump addressed that. Today I have strongly recommended to every governor to deploy the National Guard in sufficient numbers that we dominate the streets. Mayors and governors must establish an overwhelming law enforcement presence until the violence has been quelled. Now that was all lead up. That was all lead up to this next quote I'm going to share with you from President Donald Trump. And it is the reason I shared with you all of the background and history of the Insurrection Act so that you could better understand the severity and the weight of what the president has to say right here. If a city or state refuses to take the actions that are necessary to defend the life and property of their residents, then I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. He continued. I am taking immediate presidential action to stop the violence and restore security and safety in America. I am mobilizing all available federal resources, civilian and military, to stop the rioting and looting, to end the destruction and arson, and to protect the rights of law-abiding Americans as we speak I am dispatching thousands and thousands of heavily armed soldiers, military personnel, and law enforcement officers to stop the rioting, looting, vandalism, assaults, and the wanton destruction of property. What do you think about that? Is the president right? Is he appropriately exercising the powers granted to him under the Insurrection Act? 
I want to hear from you. 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. 57500. Now, the president has not formally invoked this act. Let me be clear. While it sounds like he has uh, done something similar, he has not emphatically invoked the Insurrection Act. He says that he is mobilizing and activating and such like that, but in terms of nationalizing the National Guard or federalizing the the National Guard, uh, he has not yet taken that step. Should he? Certainly not in Utah. We witnessed something beautiful last night here in the streets of Salt Lake City. We saw protesters take to the street and exercise, for the very most part, uh, a peaceful expression of their views. And we saw uh, relatively peaceful interactions between those protesters and law enforcement. Also out on the streets last night, uh, mainly centered around the City Creek complex, were members of the Utah Army National Guard from that group of 200 activated by Governor Gary Herbert. I think we're doing okay here in the state of Utah. But when you switch on the national news, it's a different story elsewhere. We're special here in Utah. We're doing okay. I hope it stays that way. But elsewhere, it's pretty nasty. Should the President of the United States invoke the Insurrection Act and deploy onto American streets American military men and women? It's a scary notion. Is it necessary? 57500, Utah Community Credit Union text line. Please let me know what you think. I am so anxious to hear. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to step away from the protests. We're going to step away from the coronavirus. We're going to step away from it all to take a look at one Utah high school, the Roots High School, as we continually hear on KSL News Radio honor the class of 2020. That's ahead. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, and you're listening to KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. Another half hour of today's episode of this show here on KSL News Radio. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Earlier in the program, I shared with you some of the history of the Insurrection Act. It is a piece of legislation enacted in 1807, which affords the President of the United States certain authorities to activate the United States military to operate on U.S. soil. The authority granted the president allows him to use members of the military to put down insurrection or civil unrest. And it has been used very sparingly throughout history. And when it has been used, it has been done often at the request of states. In fact, with the exception of a few instances in the late 1950s and 1960s dealing with civil rights, every single instance during the entire 1900s was done only after states had requested the President of the United States implement uh, or utilize, rather, the authority granted him under the Insurrection Act of 1806. And it was just yesterday that outside the White House, President Donald Trump seemed to indicate a willingness to use that authority without 
the request of the states. And a question I put to listeners was, hey, uh, would you send me a text message, 57500? Let me know what you think about that. And I'll tell you what, I have received a number of responses. So the question I asked was, should the president use his authority to put members of the United States military on the streets of U.S. cities and towns in response to some of the protests and violence and looting that we are seeing across the country? I'll share with you some of the answers. One comes back, it says, I think it could be good to have the military, but it could also be bad. Okay, yeah. Another one says, yes, shut these creeps down. Another one reads, absolutely, that is what leadership is. He's taking a stand to defend innocent and the rights of Americans, even those peacefully protesting. The key is defining peacefully and getting on the same page with that definition. All right. The, the, baked into that response is a reality that I've observed firsthand, and it is that these protest groups are truly made up of two and sometimes three uh, different smaller groups. There are those who have earnest and heartfelt feelings and frustrations, and they are protesting and assembling and moving through the streets of their respective cities, shouting and holding signs and exercising their First Amendment, their right to peaceably assemble and speak and express themselves. And that's good. That's American. And yet, unfortunately, they find themselves moving through these streets with another group mixed in among them. This group which would engage in vandalism and violence, in graffiti, in theft, looting. That's not American. And has that group grown to a size where the president is justified in exercising his authority to activate the United States military to put that down? Here's some more of the texts which have come in. I support Donald Trump 100%. If he issues an order to send out the United States military to put an end to civil unrest, the violence and the destruction of cities and private property, enough is enough. And this needs to end now. Last text to come in says, President Trump is so incredibly narcissistic and unhinged, I fear for our future. Hmm. I'd love to hear what you think. The text lines are still open, 57500 to the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd also love to hear from you on Facebook. Lee Lonsberry, you'll see live Mike, just like me. And uh, <laughs> that sounded funny, right? Please like me. Uh, but click on like uh, and you send me a message you tell me what you think about this the insurrection act should the president exercise the authorities granted him under that act I don't know the answer I don't know the answer I certainly know that we here in Utah are handling things okay at least if last night is any estimation of things there was good interaction between law enforcement and protesters and the protesters did a very good job policing themselves in fact, it was one of the protesters with a megaphone last night that said, hey, uh, listen, friends, uh, the, the curfew hour has come and gone. The police would really like us to go home. So in an effort to avoid any violence or further mischief, why don't you, you and I get in a line and head home? And you know what? They followed him. And the police there helped. They made a hole, and that group was able to march down the street and head to their cars or to their uh, taxi cabs or on foot walk home. And that was the end of last night. There were some arrests because there were always outliers. But for the most part, last night ended with little to no violence, little to no vandalism, and no looting. It was a good example of coexisting between uh, police 
and protesters. It was a good example of things. Uh, I want to talk to you on, about another topic totally unrelated to the protests going on around the country right now. It has to do with a piece of legislation introduced by Kevin Brady. Uh, Kevin Brady, as you know, is the Republican member of the House of Representatives responsible for the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. I was a, a, a congressional aide in 2017. I was able to see firsthand his work on that piece of legislation. And tangentially, that same year, I was able to witness Kevin Brady participate in the congressional baseball game. It's a funny little tradition out in Washington, D.C., where members of Congress uh, get together, split up into two teams, uh, and play each other in baseball. They do it uh, right where the Nationals play. And I'll tell you what, Kevin Brady, 65 years old today, he, in 2017, was maybe the most active and spry person on that baseball field. Uh, he was fielding balls, uh, getting hits, uh, throwing outs. It was uh, an incredible display. Uh, and it, you know, he's probably got 30 years on me. And I bet you he could outplay me on the baseball diamond. Anyway, that's a tangent. Back to what he is up to. He uh, just yesterday introduced a piece of legislation. Let me uh, let you hear him explain it in his own words. Here's Kevin Brady, representative from Texas. We think the focus ought to be making sure these 40 million Americans are permanently un unemployed. One of the keys is to get them back to work in a safe, healthy environment. And we think a, a return to work bonus. Uh, that allows workers to keep $1,200 two weeks of their unemployment for taking uh, that job that they just left uh, makes good economic sense. Okay, so you, you get the principle there. Kevin Brady has proposed a piece of legislation that would, if you are currently, if you are currently one of the workers who have been uh, unemployed, laid off, or furloughed as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, and you are currently making, let's say, more money on unemployment than you were in your regular workplace, Kevin Brady, Republican, would like to incentivize your return to work by allowing you to collect a $1,200 cash bonus, which is equivalent to, what, $600 times two weeks. That's what's coming your way if you're unemployed from the federal government. He'd like to give you two weeks' worth of that money to get you to go back to work. If you're listening and you are in that circumstance where being laid off and furloughed on the receiving end of unemployment insurance money and federal uh, supplemental money, does this entice you to go back to work? 57500, let me know. Uh, I'd love to hear what you have to think. Going to take a quick break. When we come back, final segment of the program, we're going to be talking about the Postal Service. President Trump and others would like to see it uh, either go away or become privatized. And there are many, including myself, who would like to see it stay as is. I'll share my thoughts next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.